Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Another edition of Mets Musings. I don't even know uh, which number we are at. <laughs> As you can see, I'm in my house. I'm in a different location, and I'm having some technical problems, so I don't even know how this is going to come out. But we'll give it a shot and see. I hope everybody had a good couple of weeks out there. You know, I decided to... Um, take a couple of weeks and reflect back upon the season and um, see what what thoughts came up out of that. Um, you know, you look at the record, and it was better than last year. So other than a couple of months, May and June, it wasn't such a horrible year. And if only, only... Only they had played close at the 500 ball in May and June combined. They would have been right in the wild card hunt. May not have won it, but they would have been in the hunt up to the last week or two of the season. And who knows? Do you pick up another game or two somewhere along the line? They could have been in a hunt for the division as well. But, and it's a big but, that's just uh, dreaming because it didn't happen. And uh, it is what it is. The year ended. But, you know, when you look back, you start to think, you know, maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought it was when we were going through it. Yes, May and June were horrible. But the rest of the year, they played pretty good ball. It's just that they were so far out of it. And then whenever they would lose a game, it would be like, ugh, here we go again. But, um, you know, I have to give uh, some kudos to Mickey Calloway. And uh, I'm going to say something here that some people may misconstrue, but uh, I think they played better baseball after Sandy Alderson quit and i've said this before i've probably said it on this show you have to wonder what big a hand did he have in the decision making responsibilities in the beginning of the season could that be why they struggled so much maybe his ideas were not in mesh with uh, others i've stated on this show numerous times that I thought the game passed him by. And you notice after he stepped down, there was more hit and runs, more running by the team, more uh, bunting, more small ball instead of the big ball baseball that we had gotten used to under Sandy Alderson. Now, was it a coincidence? Maybe they were so desperate that Callaway said, we're going to go old school here or go small ball or whatever you want to call it. Or 
Maybe they just decided this was the, you know, this was a better way to play the game. And they gave him the green light to go ahead and play it that way. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I can't tell you that sitting here right now. But um, the fact of the matter is they did do better once he stepped down. So, coincidence? I don't know. Who knows? But now they embark on an offseason in which they have to find a uh, new general manager. Um, and, and let's be honest, there's been some issues with that. There have been guys that uh, have turned down the request to be interviewed. They don't even want to be interviewed for this job. And I don't know what that's all about. I really don't. <laughs> I would think anybody would want to be. But uh, could it be ownership? You know, Jeff Wilpon did speak to the public, and he did put sort of some demands out there of things he would like to see in his general manager. Um, could that be turning people off at all? I don't know. But uh, there's something going on. Now, there are candidates, and the uh, latest news is that uh, the Mets said broaden their search a bit wider for their current uh, vacant general manager position, possibly turning their sights on current Dodgers vice president of baseball operations, Josh Burns. Uh, this from Matt Ehalt of The Record. He uh, said that he confirmed the Mets have asked for permission to speak to Burns. Sides have not talked yet, but it's a possibility. Burns previously made stops in Arizona and San Diego as general manager and in Boston and Colorado's front office. He was one of two finalists for the Mets GM position in 2010, with New York opting to hire Sandy Alderson. He's been in Los Angeles' his front office since 2015, overseeing the franchise's reemergence as a perennial contender. Though Dodge's ownership conducts business a bit differently than the Wilpons do here in Queens, Burns is a well-respected and largely successful MLB executive. He would be a solid hire. The Mets have cast a wider net than most expected him to do in a quest to fill out their front office. So uh, hopefully they'll get this done. You know, I think they really should look for two guys. I think they should hire a president of baseball operations, and make that somebody that's a more of an old-school guy, a veteran type of guy. And, uh, and then hire, let him hire a general manager, a youngish type of guy, maybe a little bit more leaning towards the analytical point, uh, but with some old school. And I think the combination might work quite nicely. And uh, a lot of, lot of uh, teams are going to this, this model, if you will. So uh, we will uh, have to see what they eventually decide to do. But uh, that's going to be the big highlight of the Mets offseason, who they sign, who, how they rebuild this team, mainly the bullpen, 
bullpen is top priority. Bullpen has to be rebuilt. And then, of course, the other major, uh, the first major thing they have to do is hire a general manager and possibly a president of baseball operations. So a lot on their plate this winter. And we'll be following it as much as we can. Now, I haven't settled upon a schedule yet for the winter Going to try to go weekly until probably the World Series end. Then I might go more. Every, I might take a couple of weeks off till the winter meetings and then come back and do a couple of, of uh, uh, programs and then take some time off for the holidays and then come back in mid-January or so uh, on a weekly basis. But th- that's all, you know, that's all up in the air. All right, uh, as I said, not in my usual studio, um, in a new area that we're creating. Uh, Actually, this is probably going to be the golf studio um, for my new podcast that I'm doing, Talking Golf with Gary. It's it's a new old podcast that I used to do, and I am uh, re-emerging it, if you will, from the ashes and the dust heap of time. So I stopped doing it four years ago, and now I'm uh, resurrecting it. So I hope that um, anybody out there uh, that's a uh, Met fan and, and is also a golfer will please check it out, talkinggolfweekgary.blogspot.com. All right, let's take a quick break here and be back right after these messages, if I can find them. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. Baxter and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at fightinphillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment 
voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings And I'm back, and if you notice any uh, kind of delays, because I can't hear what the heck is going on. I have to work on this setup here to get it a little bit better, but um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't hear a thing that's going on. Because I don't hear any of the commercials or anything like that, but you know, we're going to get it through. It's going to be a short show this week, but I uh, wanted to get a show up there, and uh, we're planning on doing a... Um, a big baseball forum with a couple other podcasters and some other people, and hopefully um, we'll do some talking about the Mets, or we'll have a separate one just on the state of the New York Mets. So I don't want to get too much into the whole breakdown of the season. Uh, suffice it to say, some some good has come out of the season. We've talked about that. Uh, Michael Conforto's reemergence toward the end of the year. The emergence of, of Brandon Nimmo, who was a big surprise, and I know there's been some articles now that say, well, his numbers weren't that good when you go down. Hey, the whole story isn't being told by the stats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always said this. You cannot base a ball player on nothing but statistics. It's wrong. It's not the right thing to do. The statistics do not tell the whole story. They can't measure heart. They can't measure clubhouse presence. It doesn't show in the statistics. I'm sorry, sabermetricians out there. But you got a lot of crap statistics that you're trying to base things on. And that's all they are. It's crap. Garbage in, garbage out. So please, please, don't tell me about Nimmo's numbers and his stats. You can see the difference he made if you got eyeballs and you watch the game instead of studying the freaking stats. Watch the game once in a while. Listen to the game. You'll be amazed at what you see and hear. Um, the emergence of, of Zach Wheeler as, a, as an ace or, or a number two pitcher. I mean, this guy really came through, was great, consistent, um, something you never thought you'd say in conjunction with Zach Wheeler, but he was consistent throughout the year, had a great year. Jacob DeGrom, of course, what can you say? He's just fantastic. 
Um, you know, Syndergaard had a pretty good season. Uh, you know, even Steven Matz, when he, he stayed healthy for the predominant um, season and pitched pretty well in spurts. We saw what, what they have with him. They, he had some rough outings, but they all did. But uh, he, he looked good and was dominating it at times. So some good things to look forward to for next season. All right, now let's uh, let's let's take a look at what's going on in the minor leagues. The uh, Arizona Fall League is started, and Peter Alonzo is continuing his hot hitting in in a game with the uh, Scottsdale Scorpions. He's there with Andres Jimenez, who also had a good game starting off the Arizona Fall League, and uh, MLB Pipeline selected Peter Alonzo as the Mets hitting prospect of the year and David Peterson as the Mets pitching prospect of the year. A little surprising there as Justin Dunn had a good year and uh, you thought perhaps he might get a nod there. But uh, the nod went to Peterson and uh, Alonzo, no surprise, as the hitting prospect. The criteria for being selected for either award was the prospect being both among the team's top 30 prospects as determined by MLB Pipeline and having spent at least half the season in the minors. After being the first ever Mets prospect to lead the minors in homers, Alonzo was named as the hitting prospect. Uh, let's see. Uh, and as I just said, they even in this article, they were a little surprised that Peterson was picked over Justin Dunn. Uh, both pitchers spent time with St. Lucie during the season. For his part, Dunn would make nine starts, going two and three with a 2.36 ERA. Before being promoted to Binghamton, Peterson would finish the 2018 season with St. Lucie after pitching well with Columbia. And Peter's 13 starts for St. Lucie was six and six with a 4.33 ERA. Um, doesn't say that it, you know. It doesn't seem like those are great numbers, but uh, this is the minor leagues and. And you look for more things than <laughs> statistics. You watch development. You want to see how they're progressing. Are they falling backwards? Are they struggling? These are all the things you look for. Look for. And you can't always tell by the stats. All right, well... I think I'm going to wrap it up because I'm really having trouble doing it from here. Uh, Got to work on it more. But thanks for listening and, and, uh, and watching. If uh, those of you uh, check out the video on YouTube, it Mets Musing. So I hope that uh, you will enjoy it. And for those that listen to the podcast, uh, thanks so much. And I hope you'll tune in again next time for another edition of Mets Musings. And remember, until next time, to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Good night, everybody. <laughs>